I have a favor to ask. Everyone who listens to these podcasts, I am asking that you would subscribe to the Gazette, our new digital magazine. It works on all devices and is guaranteed to give you hours of great entertainment. If you're listening to any of our podcasts, please go to oldtimeradiodvd.com and subscribe. Give it a few issues. If you don't like, simply unsubscribe. But I know that you're going to love the Gazette, oldtimeradiodvd.com to subscribe. You'll be glad you did. Welcome, everyone, to Heartbeat Theater. This is your host, C.P. McGregor, inviting you to be the guest of the Salvation Army for the next half hour. Our star this week is Donald Buca. Our story this week is titled The Sighting and was written for Heartbeat Theater by Christopher Young. It's the story of a most unusual phenomena one hardly believable, which brought some unexpected trouble into the lives of two young people. Starring Donald Buca as Russ, here is Act One of The Sighting. I love it out here. That's just a desert. Not any desert. Our desert. <laughs> Did you stake your claim, honey? <laughs> oh, maybe people own this acre or that during the day, but at night like this, it just doesn't seem that you can write words on them in the legal size paper and make somebody the owner. <laughs> desert at night is for people in love. Well, you get the California State Assembly to make that into a law. I won't have to sell insurance anymore. <laughs> Russ, after we're married, let's keep on taking drives into the desert. I, I mean, let's not be like other people and stop doing all the things we enjoy so much now. Oh, honey. Oh, you know, you're cute. And you're laughing at me. <laughs> you're a very funny girl. Why? Well, when we got into the car, you were trying to sell me on the idea of buying a zircon instead of a diamond engagement ring so we could put the money into furniture. And now you own the whole desert. Borrow a convertible, arrange for a full moon, take your best girl for a ride, and that's what you get. <laughs> of course, if you want, we can talk about the rising cost of insurance. Mm -hmm. And we could talk some more about that house. Oh, I love that place so much, but it frightens me, Russ. Why? All that down payment. We'll be sitting on orange crates for five years. But honey, we can't overlook that building kitchen. I mean, there's nothing to buy there but pots and dishes. And a recipe book. Uh-huh. Which brings up a touchy subject. Your cooking. What about it? Do you? What do you like for breakfast? <laughs> Buttermilk pancakes. You're in. I have a very dear friend, um, Aunt Jemima. Mmm, my favorite relative. <laughs> she comes complete with a dispenser for the batter. <laughs> All I need is a frying pan and a hungry husband. Arranged. Now, when Aunt Jemima's done her bit to start the day off right, what did you have in mind for dinner? Uh, I thought maybe you could sell a policy to a restaurant for a half price in return for free dinners. <laughs> Uh-oh. I better arrange for a free tire. This one's gone. What happened, Russ? It's a blowout. Hal said one of the tires was bad when he lent me the car. Is there a spare? Yeah. And it's a little worse than the one that blew. Oh, I shouldn't have talked you into turning off the main road. Don't worry. Hey, it's a good thing the moon's so bright. 
I haven't got a flashlight. It's kind of different out here. Yeah. Which is the darn trunk key? I mean, being so far from anybody or anything. Yeah, we're probably not far from a few rattlers. Russ, please. Well, honey, it is your desert. And they're really just guests, so... Don't even kid about it. (laughs) Okay, okay, honey. Relax. Nothing's going to happen. Well, hurry, would you? Uh Uh-huh. Here, hold the keys. I'll get the tire and jack. Oh. It isn't the same when you can't just turn around one, two, three and head back home. Uh Huh? Huh? What isn't the same? The desert. You always read about funny things happening to people on the desert. Well, there's nothing funny about changing a tire in your best slacks. There we go. Bumper jack. Now just give me five more minutes. I think I see a plane heading this way. Hmm? That's good. Company. How far are we from the highway? Oh, eight, ten miles. Maybe more. Must be more. We turned off about 45 minutes ago. Well, then maybe it's 20 miles. Probably not two cars a week go through here. Yeah, well, that's in the busy season. Russ, that plane, I I don't think it is a plane. Falling star? Russ, look, the light, it's getting bigger fast. Good. Maybe it'll help me see better. Russ, I mean it. Look, it's coming this way. All right, all right, Yeah, I see it. I never saw anything like it in my life. Whatever it is, it's coming awfully fast. That's too fast for any plane. Russ, I'm scared. Look, there's another one, just to the right. Russ, what are they? What are they? I don't know, honey. They're coming so close. We're going to find out. Let's go. Forget the tire. We can't. I've got the whole wheel off. Anyway, you don't think we can run from something moving that fast? It won't land. Listen. Listen to them. A kind of a sound, a a funny... I don't want to look. I don't. They must be... Yeah. What else? What? UFOs. Flying saucers. But there aren't any such things. It's just a lot of stories from crackpots. Ross, they're coming closer. Look at them. They're almost overhead. It's almost as if they were... They were watching us. Make them go! Lynn! Lynn! It's all right, darling. They're going. Lynn, look, look! Lynn, they're gone. They're out of sight. Will you stop it, Lynn? Stop it! Lynn! Stop it! I'm sorry, I thought they were all crackpots. I, I thought there couldn't be such a thing. Just let somebody try to tell me I imagined it. Just let somebody tell me it was a reflection or a balloon or an illusion. Now look, Lynn, dear, you, you, you just sit in the car. Now don't worry. I'll have that tire on in a minute. Isn't it? No, it's half a mile more. 
I'm glad we saw it together. I would have always doubted you. I wouldn't blame you. It was so terrible. So terrible. Well, honey, I'm going to run you home and then go to the police. I'm going to tell them the whole thing. Russ, that couldn't have happened. Not to us. Flying saucers? Well, have you got any other ideas? You read about those things and someone's always saying it's a balloon or a reflection of highlights. Balloons? Balloons that move that fast, that, that glow brighter than the moon? Headlights? Honey, we're 18 miles from the nearest car. Reflections? Uh, on what? Honestly, Lynn, I, I, I've been reviewing my map the last ten minutes. I'd need a pencil and paper to be a little more accurate, but the mountain range that framed our horizon was about 40 miles west. Now, I saw that second one come from, well, at least that far, in something less than 20 or 30 seconds. It wasn't any more than that. That puts the speed anywhere from five to 7,000 miles an hour. Okay, now, let's say that maybe I'm 50% wrong. That still makes it 2,500 miles an hour at the minimum. Oh, sir, nobody's going to talk me out of what we saw tonight. Nobody, honey. Come on in, Russ. Come on in. I'm sorry I'm late, Mr. Julian. Seems like everybody I saw wanted to talk to me this morning. Russ, this is Major Lorillard, Salvation Army. Russ Clayton. Yes, Mr. Clayton. Your name certainly is on everybody's lips this morning. Yes. The Major's arranging for local coverage on some of the Salvation Army's installations here in town. That is quite a phenomenal experience you had last night. Or uh, did the paper exaggerate a bit? Well, Major, that's the funny part of it. The story was accurate. Had details I didn't even mention to the sergeant at the police station. Well, with luck, this will blow over soon. Blow over? Now, what else can we hope for? Well, Mr. Julian, I, I don't get it. it. You don't get it? You mean, Russ, you haven't figured out that the whole town is laughing at you? Well, some of the guys were riding me on the way in, but And I... they're your friends. <laughs> Wait till a few strangers get their claws into you. Ah, Russ, I thought you had more sense than to go pulling a stunt like this. Mr. Julian, there wasn't any stunt. That's exactly what happened. People expect an insurance salesman to be a solid citizen, Russ. Level-headed. I know, sir, but... A man in whose hands they can lay the future security of their whole family. Don't you understand? They depend on their agent to give them substantial advice. How do you think they're going to react to a man who has illusions? Well, I bet my life that was no illusion, Mr. Julian. Well, you just dropped the whole thing, and that's good advice. Mr. Julian, there was something in that sky last night. Russ. Something that might affect the lives of everyone in this world. Sir, we'll probably never know what it was, but ignoring it and, and laughing at it isn't going to help us find out. But it will help you sell insurance, and that's your job, Russ. I... But, sir, I... Major Lorillard, I'm sorry you have to see us with our dirty wash hung out. This thing has me so riled, I don't know... Not at know... all, not at all. It's very provocative. We've all read about these things in the past, and I suppose even the most violent non-believers are still curious as to what they are. Well, then you do believe I saw something, Major. Why not? Exactly what you saw, of course, is open to a lot of discussion. Well, maybe we can do just that sometime, Major Lorillard. Because I'm going to try to find out what Russ, it was. Russ, I warned you. Now, that's right, Mr. Julian. You warned me to drop the whole thing, but you weren't with us on that desert last night. <laughs> And the Pierce family, the same thing. We're thinking it over, Mr. Clayton, and we're going to do a little more investigating before we buy any insurance. 
Honey, seven calls today, and every one of them regarding me as though I were out of my mind. I know. Everyone except Dad talked to me the same way. Even that reporter who called in the middle of the night. Reporter? Then they got that story in the paper from you? I thought you knew. Oh, I should have guessed. I wasn't thinking very clearly today. Honey, I'm practically out of a job unless I can convince people that I'm, I'm telling the truth. I'm sure this is the way, Russ. Well, it's probably a thousand-to-one shot coming back here, but if I can just get a picture of that thing... Well, renting that camera is one thing, but knowing how to work it on something like this is another. Yeah, I know. I told the dealer what I was using it for. I, I just have to put it on a tripod, aim it, and press the button. He's going to develop the film some special way if I get anything. I'll better slow down. It was right around here. Mm -hmm. Honey, are you scared? Sure, but I'll be all right. <laughs> Whatever they are, there's never been any reports on them hurting anybody. Well, here we are. Now, I'll set the camera up and we'll give it a couple of hours. Russ, I think we came a little farther than last night. Well, that doesn't matter, honey. Anywhere within a few miles, and we'll be able to get the shot. It's funny nobody else saw those things last night. No, not, not really. Now, I remember reading once about an experiment they tried up in Canada. There were some reports of sightings over a very populated area. Yet only three or four people saw the things. Hmm. Well, this agency, or whatever it was, got an idea. There was a ball game in an open stadium at night. They rigged up a huge balloon and a bunch of floodlights in a basket under it so that the balloon would look like a tremendous white ball. And just before the game started, they let it float up over the stadium. Now, according to them, it was a pretty weird sight. Well, they must have been flooded with calls. Well, you'd think so. But there wasn't one. What? Well, they questioned about a hundred people later, but none of them even noticed it. Hmm. Well, anyway, that proved a theory they had. People rarely look up unless there's a sound that draws their attention. Well, I wasn't looking up last night. They started on the horizon. Well, sure, and we had 40 miles of unobstructed view. Ah, oh, there we are. I got this camera all set up now. Russ. Huh? Be quiet and listen a minute. What is... Just listen. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. Honey, that's not what we heard last night. What could it be? Another car? No. no. I don't think so. Let's listen some more. Gosh, honey, I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe they're coming again. Or doing something else. We shouldn't have come alone. Listen, listen. Hey, I, I think it stopped. What was that? It, maybe. But that click. Lynn. Lynn, look! That light! So bright! <laughs> honey, I've had enough. Let's get out of here. They won't believe us. They won't. Come on, honey, come on. So ends the first act of The Sighting, starring Donald Buca as Russ. Throughout the United States and the rest of the world, members of the Salvation Army's Family Welfare Department have given immeasurable assistance to the thousands who come to them for help. It is not only financial help, 
The Salvation Army also provides personal aid, counseling, and most important, spiritual guidance. Thousands of dollars a year are spent by the Salvation Army in communities all over the world, and it is only through the generous donations of the Legion of Friends of the Salvation Army that such social service work is possible. May I, speaking for the Salvation Army, say thank you for your friendship and assistance to them. Now, Act Two of The Sighting with Donald Buca as Russ. like a motor, then a click, a movement in the brush, then a blinding flash of light followed by an explosion. Russ, what do you take me for? A reasonable man. I tell you, Mr. Julian, this happened. Now, how can you ask me to completely ignore it? You know, Russ, I once knew a salesman who, if he didn't close a deal, would pull a phony heart attack as he was leaving the house. (laughs) The suckers would drag him in, put him on the couch, call for a doctor, and meanwhile he'd Come to briefly. Look at them vacuously and mutter, you did take the policy, didn't you? And they just couldn't wait to show them their signature. Mr. Julian, I've heard that story before. A vicious routine, but it worked. Russ, yours won't. I'm not lying. It's the truth. Every word of it. Yes. Russ, my boy, I like you a lot. Now, you know that. Hmm? You show a lot of promise. Youngest salesman we have and only fifth from the top. All right. Now let's say it is the truth. Whether I believe it or not isn't really important. But you do want to get married, don't you? Yes, sir. You want to move ahead in the company? Now you persist in this thing and you'll ruin your chances in both areas because you won't be able to afford marriage. But, Mr. Now, on the other hand, let me finish. Forget about it and things can return to normal. So these things are flying saucers. What can you do about it? Nothing. And don't you kid yourself that you're going to be a hero. This kind of thing's out of your line. Even if you prove that everything you said was true, all you'd have is a little satisfaction. And that never made the down payment on a house, my boy. Well, sir, I... I suppose you're right. It's good advice, son, and it's from the heart. Okay, sir. Okay, I'll forget it. (laughs) Good boy. All right, now let's get down to business. You remember Major Lorillard, Salvation Army? Yes, sir. Well, he's in Paul's territory, but Paul had that appendectomy last night, so why don't you take these papers over? Hmm? He was expecting Paul at 10.30 this morning, so you can show up in his place. Oh, fine. That'll give me plenty of time to return the camera I rented. Sure. Now, Russ, you just take it easy for a few days, and believe me, son, you're doing the right thing. Take it from me. Good morning, Mr. Uh, uh, Clayton. Ah, yes, Clayton. I'm bringing back your gear. Uh, did you uh, Did you have any luck? The pictures, I mean. No. No, sir, I, I didn't take any. Uh, the, uh, the things, they never came back? Nope. And in broad daylight, I'm beginning to doubt I ever saw them. Oh, maybe not. Many things are not what they appear to be in the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Well, here's your stuff. Oh, uh... How much do I owe you? Uh, wait a minute, Mr. Clayton. I, I thought you said you took no pictures. No, I didn't. Oh, yes. Yes, you, you took one. The huh? release is locked. This can only happen after an exposure. Oh. 
Well, I, I might have pressed it without knowing it when the... I wonder if I got that flash. Flash? How long would it take for you to develop these things? Well, I, uh, I just fixed the soup now. They not be dry, but we will be able to look at them in six minutes. A very sensitive film must be developed in total darkness. Well, could you do it while I wait? Certainly. Now, you sit and look at the magazines. Maybe, maybe you come to like photography. Mr. Clayton, I am all finished. Now, tell me something. Where was you with this film? Why, uh, did something come out? No, you, um, you didn't get any pictures? Well, then why the curious look on your face? Mr. Clayton, the entire roll of film, it has been subjected to radioactivity. <laughs> That takes care of everything, Major Lorillard. Yes, I'm sure it does. Oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear about your colleague's operation. Everything went well? And fine. Yes, sir, just fine. That's good. And uh, how is it with you? Oh, I'm uh, keeping busy. You know, I rather expected a follow-up in the paper today, but uh, there was no more mention of your experience. Oh, Major, I've decided to forget the whole thing. Oh, I didn't think you would after the stand you took with your boss yesterday. You seem mighty determined to prove you saw something out there. Well, an hour ago, I was beginning to doubt it myself. But, Major, now I know I saw something. Something happened in the last hour? Well, there's just no sense talking about it. It'll just invite more ridicule and pointing fingers. You seem to be convinced that everyone's going to forget about this in short order. I'm hoping so. I doubt it. There's always a certain small element that relishes keeping this kind of thing alive. Your competition, for one... I had a call from another company yesterday afternoon suggesting that I might want to deal with a more substantial outfit. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. If I were you, I'd pursue this quietly, though. I think you're going to have to educate people to at least accept the idea that you did see something of a phenomenal nature out there. Something so extraordinary that uh, had they seen it, they would have been in full accord with you. Just how do you do that, Major? I'd start with ATIC, Air Technical Intelligence Center. You take a drive out to the Air Force Base Saturday. So that they can laugh at me? Major, from what I read, the Air Force frowns on the idea of flying saucers. From what I read, there are reservations. You talk to Colonel Slattery out there. He's an old friend of mine. Then maybe you can get him together with that same reporter who printed your story. It's worth a try, Mr. Clayton. At least you won't be giving up the fight while you still have some ammunition. Uh, if you want, I'll look up his private number out there. You can call him for an appointment, if you want. Okay, Major. I want. If you come in here, Miss Ward, Mr. Clayton, you won't be bucking the roar of those jets so much. Well, thank you, Colonel. Now, sit down. Make yourselves comfortable. Thank you. As I was saying, the Air Force is very aware of the saucer reports. They're studied in great lengths at the Wright-Patterson base near Dayton. We don't believe in ridiculing the people who make such reports. Well, that's a welcome relief. Well, I know from past experience the reception your story must have had in town. Mm. Major Lorillard was right in sending you here. If nothing else comes of it, you'll at least have your self-respect returned. Oh, by the way, uh, you might be interested in this. Why, it's a picture of Lynn and me. 
What's out in the desert the other night? <laughs> you caused quite a flurry of excitement around here. You were at the edge of one of our proving ground areas. Had you driven another hundred feet, you would have hit our roadblock. You just happened to stop within a hundred feet of one of our photographic units. Well, I mean... No, don't be so startled, Miss Ward. We had both of you checked. We know you weren't spying on us. You see, we were test-firing an atomic ground weapon. But, Colonel, that flash and explosion... Yes, a very mean gun. Our photographer saw your car pull up and moved in to get a shot of you on infrared film. The flash is also infrared and not visible to the human eye. Well, that explains that clicking and movement in the brush. Well, I know under the circumstances it must have been quite terrifying, ma'am, but what you saw the night before did not originate with us. Well, do you know what it was? No, not in the least. You see, the Air Force sees no reason to believe that these aerial phenomena constitute any danger to the country. Actually, a large percentage of these sightings have been fully explained away. But there are still some for which we have no explanation. Yours is one of them. There were no balloons in the vicinity, no heat inversions, or no chance of windshield glare. Well, we weren't even in the car. Yes, I know. No record of planes in the vicinity at the time. Unfortunately, you're not what we consider a trained observer, so there won't be too much investigation on it. I see. Well, what about some of the sightings that you haven't been able to explain? Well, here's one from our files. At 9... 10 p.m. on August 25, 1951. Professor of geology at the Texas Technological College was in the backyard of his home with two other professors. Night was absolutely clear, and then suddenly the three of them saw a bunch of lights racing across the sky, making the entire arc in a matter of a few seconds. Well, the ones we saw took maybe 30 seconds. I know. Anyway, the same thing happened again a few minutes later. And mind you, these lights formed a definite crescent-shaped pattern. That was just the beginning. Similar sightings came in from that area by the hundreds. And on, let's see, it was um, August 30th. An 18-year-old boy tried taking pictures. He got five good shots, and in some of them, there's a larger luminosity off to one side, almost like a, a mother craft watching over its wandering offspring. Fantastic. Well, the Air Force naturally didn't intend study. We found nothing fraudulent in the reports or the pictures. The point is that you two are among tens of thousands of people the world over who've seen these phenomena under circumstances for which there is no explanation. Well, Colonel, if I could convince that reporter on our local paper who printed the original story to come out here, would you tell him these things? Well, there's no reason I shouldn't. All this has been officially released by the Air Force. Trouble is, too many people in the fields of communication play it down for the same reason you were going to forget it. Fear that their readers would ridicule them for paying any attention to it. Well, I'm beginning to think that Major Lorillard knew more about this than he admitted when he sent us out here. That's well, possible. But you know, after 20 years in the Salvation Army, he's seen enough miracles to at least keep an open mind on a subject like this. No matter what the explanation, the miracle of life that God has given us is far more wondrous than any old flying saucer. This last week has made all the difference in the world, Major Lorillard. And the paper had so many comments that reporters doing a whole series on flying saucers, or whatever they are. Well, I'm certainly happy for the two of you. Major, you're responsible for this switch and the way things were going. Well, you know, when the Salvation Army started, I don't suppose there was any movement that ever received more jeers and criticism from the public. Our founders had some pretty dynamic ideas, and they employed dynamic methods to get them across. And today... Today? 
I don't know of anything that receives more praise. Well, that's very nice of you. But <laughs> don't get the idea that we go around selling people on flying saucers. <laughs> no, Major. But we do know of something you can do for us. Delighted. Major, we, we thought we'd like to have you perform our marriage. That's one of my happiest duties. Well, looks like the insurance business really did pick up. It did, sir. But I'm not staying in that field. I'm going back to school, finish some courses. You see, I originally planned to go into rocketry. As long as there's something roaming around up there, I want to help men get up where they can have a closer look. You see, Major, I kind of have a hunch my kids are going to want to know what that something is. I'd like to have the answers. That was the final act of The Sighting, starring Donald Buca as Russ. Be sure and listen in again next week for another Heartbeat Theater story. Heartbeat Theater is a presentation of the Salvation Army and is one of the programs selected to be heard by our men and women overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Until next week, then, this is your host, C.P. McGregor, saying thanks for listening and have a happy week ahead. Ah!